T.E. Lawrence once said, all men dream, if you don't know who T.E. Lawrence was, he's probably better known as Lawrence of Arabia. All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds awake to the day to find it was all vanity. But the dreamers of the day are the most dangerous men. For the many act out of their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. I love that phrase, but the dreamers of the day are dangerous men. If you dream at night, you know, that just says you've had a good night's sleep usually or too much pizza. But um, if you dream in the day, hey, because we live in a world that loves to crush dreams, hey. But God, you know, God is a God who inspires dreams, inspires hope, brings hope. This morning I want to look at our vision for this church particularly, but I want you to think about God's own vision for your life. I never had a vision for my life because at 12 I thought Jesus was coming back and the world was going to turn into the shape of a football and earthquakes and all kinds of weird stuff that I'd been indoctrinated with. And um, that could happen, but it hasn't happened yet. I'm still here, right? And so I didn't, but, you know, and then I thought nuclear war was going to happen when I was 18. And so I had no dreams, had no vision for my life. And then I realized that God was actually God who gives us dreams and vision for our lives and for our churches. So our um, vision statement, and what I want to do today, part of this is I want to test this statement because either if it doesn't capture what our vision of our church is, we need to change it or chuck it out. Um, I think it'll come up. Is it on the thing there somewhere? Just there it is. Passionate Jesus followers committed to community transformation. So yeah, I wanted to check how excited you were about it. It's not, um, I had another vision statement, you might like this one. Um, happy church, uh, mostly happy church attenders who hope the community can change one day somehow. Is that, that cool? No? All right, we'll chuck that one out. I wasn't going to say that, but I said it. My first point this morning, I just want to unpack this and see if it makes any sense, all right? And then on the bottom, you can say it's rubbish or not. Um, so my first point this morning is passionate Jesus followers have a Jesus heart. So if we're going to be passionate Jesus followers, what does that look like? I preached on this a few years ago and talked about being um, wholehearted. Well, that's certainly part of being a Jesus follower. But it's having Jesus heart. He was wholehearted. And one guy that had Jesus heart, we had God's heart, same thing, was King David. And the Lord said he sought out a man after his own heart, 1 Samuel 13, 14, and appointed him ruler over his people. Now, there's, there's a nation that God chose um, to be, um, really to be his example, to reveal him to the world. And that's called the nation of Israel. And um, God wanted to be their king. And um, they said, we want to be like the other nations. We want to have our own king. So they got a king called King Saul. And um, he did not have God's heart. And um, he did his own thing. And I'll explain in a minute these four points you've got there on your sheets. Um, what does a person after God's heart look like? Well, a person after God's heart honors the Lord. 
So the difference between David and Saul, Saul was the first king, David was, Saul you could say was man's choice, David was God's choice. And here's the difference, right? Um, Saul was more concerned with his will than God's will. David knew God's will was more, most important. Even when David didn't do God's will, he still knew God's will was more important. Isn't that interesting? So David wasn't perfect. He sinned, but he knew he sinned. Where when Saul sinned, he went, who cares? That's the difference of, in the heart, right? All sin is disregard of God, but David sinned more out of weakness. So interesting. And Saul more out of a disregard for God. Isn't that interesting? That gave me a lot of comfort. I said, God, I think I sin more out of weakness. Because I always freak myself out when I sin. I'm not one of those people that sin and go, I couldn't care what you think, God. That's a scary place to be. And that's when God will move on from you if you don't change that attitude. Um, a, man, a person after God's heart enthrones God as king. For Saul, Saul was king. For David, even though he was king, the Lord God was always the real king. Both David and Saul knew sacrifice before a battle was important, but David thought it was important because it pleased and honoured God. Saul thought it was important because it might help him win the battle. See the difference? It's about honouring God, not getting what we want. Saul thought God would help him achieve his goals. David thought that God was a goal. How good is that? Saul thought God would help him achieve his goals. David thought that God was the goal. Just if you're wondering, God's not a vending machine. He's a person that wants a relationship with you. Um, a person after God's heart has a soft and repentant heart. When Saul was confronted with sin, he offered excuses. When David was confronted with his sin, he confessed his sin and repented. You might remember the story of Nathan confronting David. And the fourth subpoint there, a person after God's heart loves other people. Saul became increasingly bitter against people and lived more and more for himself, but David loved people. When David was down and out, he still loved and served those who were even more down and out than himself. So passionate Jesus followers have Jesus' heart, and it looks a lot like David. It looks a lot like how Jesus lived on this earth as well secondly commitment really means to trust psalm 37 5 says commit your way to the lord trust him and he will do this he will make your righteousness righteous reward shine like the dawn your vindication like the noonday sun the word there commit is an interesting word we don't like the word commitment do we i don't know do you like the word commitment some of us might some people do okay Sorry, shouldn't assume, should I? Sometimes we're cautious to commit. But in this verse in um, Psalm 37.5, it really means reveal or unload your way to the Lord. Commit your way, reveal your way, unload it, hand it over to the Lord and he will act. That is, he will assuredly intervene on your behalf. So if we hand our way over to God, Trust him, that's why I've got their commitment, really means to trust. The reason we don't commit is we don't trust. Makes sense, doesn't it? Commit will your way. The Hebrew word for commit is literally roll, as though getting rid of a burden. You ever freak out about your future? I used to, even as a kid, 
you know, God leads you to interesting places. He led me to a bookshop once that had this poster. And I was into kind of abstract things back then. And it said, don't worry about tomorrow. The Lord is already there. He's already there. How can he already be there? But it was a cool poster. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. Don't worry about tomorrow. The Lord is already there. He is, absolutely. He's outside of time. That's handy, isn't it? Lord, while you're there ahead of time, can you just sort that out for me? Yeah, I have. In the context of our vision statement, we trust God to use our efforts to see people transform. So if we're committed to community transformation, we trust that God will use our efforts to change the community. Is that fair? I mean, I've shared the gospel with people and nothing's happened, and now other times I've shared the gospel and something has happened. I'm not responsible for the response. I'm responsible for the sharing. Does that make sense? I do my part. I love people. I do relationship with them. I share the good news with them, and then God brings about the transformation. Connecting with people and sharing about Jesus is my part or our part. God's part is bringing the transformation. And this is a part I really want to get to, and probably the only reason I still preach this sermon this morning. Um, transformation is real change from the inside out. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, this word here for transformed is the ancient Greek word metamorpho. I don't know if I pronounce it right. But it's where we get our word metamorphosis. And this is where I want my picture. Sorry, I didn't tell you, did I, Justin? If you got my picture there, this is where I, um, I want to see. See that? Now, no one's ever seen a butterfly and said, oh, that's a good-looking grub. Have they? Like, I don't have to convince you when you see a butterfly that it's a butterfly. Geez, I could go so many places with this illustration. <laughs> but I think what I wanted, well, I don't know, I reflected on this a bit, right? And I thought, I don't know, I don't know if we spend most of our lifetime here. Okay? Because it says, when we see Jesus, we will become like him. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. Well, that makes me sense that I'll be completely changed when I see Jesus, when I get to heaven. Does that mean, I don't know, this is just my metaphor that I'm messing around with, right? But does that mean that um, I, I'm in the chrysalis for the time of my life? You could work that two ways too, couldn't you? Um, and I know if you, I know we did this with silk, do you ever do this with silkworms? You undo the silk and you don't want to kill the little fella, you know? And so you can actually watch it in there doing its thing and um, I think if you can you know some of these you can actually watch the change happening um, or you can you know they put lights I'm not a scientist but you put lights on to see the change happening but you can't argue with the change and you know what when the word of God comes to us be like so I was hoping where'd you go Sam I was hoping Sam would share his testimony this morning sorry that's all right you don't have to tell us we won't tell Sam we know he went to the toilet <laughs> um, but when real change happens it happens and it comes according to the word of God 
And, and you can't kind of, sometimes I think, can I stop being a Christian? I'm not sure if I can. I used to worry as a little kid that I wouldn't, you know, I'd backslide or I'd stop being a Christian. And now I think, I'm not sure that's possible. Sometimes I think, can I have my picture back? You can leave it there until I'm sick of talking about it. But I think um, the only time we can stuff it up is if we try to get out of the chrysalis early. Does that make sense? The Bible says you're looking where we're looking forward. Hebrews 11 says they're looking for a city. They're looking for a different city. They're looking for heaven, right? They weren't looking here now for stuff here now. And I think sometimes we're looking for the here and now. We abort the chrysalis and we miss our transformation. Is that possible? But if we're looking for another city, a heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, then we're going to stay in the chrysalis and we're going to trust God to bring the change that's going to get us home. Does that make sense? Is that okay? So don't abort the chrysalis. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, trust him to bring the change. You can't change you. I know you've tried because I've tried too. Stop trying to change you and let God bring the change. Is that okay? And then, because I've seen stuff change in my life, I thought I could never change. You probably wouldn't have liked to know me when I was 17. Just saying. I was a jerk. And I was a gifted jerk with my mouth. Isn't it interesting? God called me to preach. The devil called me to be a jerk with my mouth and put people down. I was quite gifted at it. Isn't that interesting how God transforms? Yeah, one of my strongest gifts now is actually encouragement. Isn't that interesting? What is the enemy using for harm in your life right now to harm you and harm others that God can transform to build others and build you and use you to be a powerful influence in our society? Hey? Um, and, and this, I think, um, Marty was saying in the prayer meeting before um, church, is we need a vision bigger than what we can do, right? Can you pull that vision statement up? I think it's at the end of somewhere. Because it's, um, we believe in community transformation. How can we, Marty, do you think you can quote, come on, do you think you remember what you quoted? He asked, come on, come in here. In the prayer meeting, he said, oh, Nathan Bracken, because you know Nathan Bracken's running for parliament or something. Do you remember what you said? Bet you can't, yeah. What are you going to say to Nathan Bracken if we let you loose? I'm not. I'm going to talk to the PR department and see if Marty's allowed to open his mouth. But if he did open his mouth, this is what he's going to say. Um... Yeah, the drug supply is good um, and there's lots of people on the drugs, the rehabs are full and there's a lot of people hurting at the moment. That's right. That's our community, particularly down the entrance. There's a lot of drugs, a lot of people on drugs. It's a mess. And we're saying we can believe in community transformation. Can we do that? God, only God can do that. I, I, I can't even change myself let alone change someone else. But God can change me. God can change Sam. God can change Sarah. And he has. And he does. And he will. So, and you know what? How are we going to change the entrance? Just one life at a time. 
just one line. See, friends, we focus too big. We need the big vision to know where we're going, but then we need to put our head down and say, there's the one, there's the one, there's the one, there's the one. I'm just loving that one. I'm just sharing with that one. I'm just walking with that one. And if we all did the ones, friends, the room would be too full. Is that okay? And then everyone else out there who's a Christian, and there's plenty of them on the Central Coast, do the one. Sooner or later, there won't be ones anymore. I say that to, I think it's Tali on the way to church. She said, the traffic's bad. This morning, she said, oh, maybe they're all going to church. She goes, probably not. <laughs> but you know what? And I was able to say, there are a lot of churches on the Central Coast, and some quite large. So, you know, we're not as small a minority as we think, but it doesn't matter if we are anyway, because... God, us, you know, me with God is a majority. Is that true? Next time you think you're a minority, if we connect with God, we actually become a majority. So we can do it. There you go, that's all I wanted to say anyway. Excellent. On your seats, and, you know, even if you're visiting for the first time, I'd be interested, you've seen enough of this church today already to probably know if you think this I'm happy to you know, have an opinion. And um, I don't care if you write something else on the bottom there. I think you're missing something. Because a vision statement's no good unless it captures the heart of the people who are trying to follow the vision, right? And I think, I don't know, I, I, I sense that we'd love to see our community transformed. I sense that there's enough authenticity in the room that we don't just want to play church because there's plenty of other things we could play besides church that would be more fun. So we want to be passionate and authentic and real and honest, you know. Um, does God heal everyone? No. But should we pray for people to get healed? Absolutely. John Wimber said when we didn't pray for anyone, no one got healed. But when we did pray for people, some people got healed. So why not pray for people and see who's going to get healed? Does that make sense? Is that okay? Give it a crack. What do you got to lose? So, before the band even comes up, this is what I want to do, right? You don't have to put your name down there. You can write Mickey Mouse if you want. But I'm still interested in your opinion. So, this vision, passionate Jesus followers, committed, trusting God to bring about community transformation, one life at a time. More if revival breaks out. I can commit to this vision. And you know what, if you put your name down there and you say you commit to this vision, I'm going to come after you, so be careful if you put that. Okay, because it's time for some serious accountability. Flaky has to go. Okay. If you're not ready to commit to it, say it resonates with my spirit. That will tell me that we're on the right track. This resonates with my spirit. I think you're on the right track. And you know what, if you're just not sure about it yet, circle, I'm not sure about it yet. That's okay. You know what? We're not about have-tos in this church. We're about want-tos. Change from the inside out. Transformation is my heart changes, then my thinking changes, then my behaviour changes. And so it's got to be a heart thing. It's got to be authentic. Okay, you know what? I want to sign up for this vision. I want to be part of people having an impact on the Central Coast. And there's lots of Christians and churches out there doing that, but we want to do it too, and we want to do it in our own specific, unique way. So take a moment now, and then we're going to have the offering so that you can rip off this little slip. Do it as gifted as I did. I'm gifted with that, aren't I? Look at that. I'm joking. 
And um, if we get ready for the offering, if you're a visitor today, don't feel you need to give, but this is an opportunity for you to give financially to this church. You can give online too if you like to, but please put your slip from your sermon outline in there with whatever you've written on it. And that would be awesome. I want to speak into this, right? This is really important because sometimes it seems like we come in here and the worship team's doing their thing, but we're not doing our thing. And so I want to share this with you, right? Because this is how it works. I've proven this in my own life. You might have proven this too. Um, when you go to pray, you often don't feel like praying, right? So you start praying by choice of the will and then the feelings follow. Worship is the same thing. You choose to worship God. You choose to sing about Him and then the feelings follow. If you wait for the feelings, you're never going to pray and you're never going to worship. I choose to read the Bible and then I feel like reading the Bible. If I wait till I feel like reading the Bible, I'm never going to read the Bible. So right now we want to worship God. So I'm challenging you and asking you to choose to worship God and let's just see where this goes. Is that okay? If you still want prayer for healing, I'm sure Marty and some other people are happy to pray with you down the front. Come forward, tell us what you want prayer for. We'll pray for you. Let's worship Him, hey?